welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Everybody, welcome to the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by NetHealth. NetHealth is Redoc powered by XFit, which is a cloud-based, fully integrated EMR and billing solution. So you can expand your visit capacity, get paid for your services, wrap, ramp up patient engagement, and eliminate worries about documentation and compliance. Let Redoc by XFit do all the hard work for you so you can treat your patients and grow your business. To find out more about Redoc and the complete Revenue Cycle Management Services, check them out at nethealth.com slash healthy. So big thanks for NetHealth for sponsoring today's episode. And on today's episode, I am so happy to have Jenna Cantor, Dr. Jenna Cantor, uh, interviewing yet again on advocacy. She is interviewing student physical therapist, Lindsay McAlonin. So Lindsay currently serves as secretary at Sacred Heart University, the VP of the Connecticut Student Special Interest Group, and is a member of the Membership Project Committee. She was consistently pushed outside her comfort zone to pursue leadership opportunities and attend conferences, national advocacy dinners, and the Federal Advocacy Forum. She is running for student physical therapy delegate to inspire students to find their passion within this profession. Most importantly, she's found the value of being an advocate for patients in the profession. She wants to challenge all students to take a step outside their comfort zone, educate people on physical therapy, continue to stay active in the APTA, and bring a positive change to the profession in order to enhance their experience. So we are continuing on our advocacy rant, our advocacy podcast that Jenna did from Federal Advocacy Forum. So everyone enjoy. Hello, this is Jenna Cantor. I am hosting today with Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart, and I have a wonderful guest. I probably say that every time I get to interview people <laughs> on this podcast because I get the pick of the litter of like the like coolest people uh, to be on this podcast. So my guest today is Lindsay McAlonin, and she is the SPT delegate. So she's part of the APTA Student Assembly. I did get the honor of running with you yeah. as a candidate for the student assembly and she is just amazing. I remember when we had to walk down these aisles to kind of stand next to each other and Lindsay was the only one who was gutsy enough to kind of dance a little. And I just <laughs> loved her for it. I was I was I was too nervous. Oh man. And right then I was going, oh she's awesome. <laughs> so I had to make it fun somehow. It was uh, you know you're nervous, you're sweating. Oh, yeah. You have all of these eyes on you. So the only way that you can do that is by making it a little bit fun. So it was perfect. I try to make things a little bit more, uh, you know, lighten the lighten the atmosphere a little bit. Oh, so. yeah. And you did it. And you, and you add that with your position as well, which just helps people as they're trying to better understand advocating for the profession or just policy in general. You, you bring that kind of like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I'll break it down for you, which is such a good energy to have in yeah. your position. Yeah. So thank you for that. Yeah. So first question, whoop, as it pops up. So first question, why do you love your position with the student assembly? Yeah. So 
there's quite a few different reasons why I love this position, but ultimately I think it's just being able to connect with students from all over the map, which I mean, I don't think that you have to be in a position to do that, but it gives me the opportunity to connect with students who have maybe never taken a step towards involvement or have never done anything outside of their comfort zone. And I think that that's the one thing that I enjoy the most is being able to inspire students to say, okay, no matter where I'm at in school, no matter what I'm doing, I can do this. And taking that step outside that comfort zone is something that I've held on to deeply since I started PT school. And if I can tell one person or bring one person with me to take a step outside, I think that that's, it just, it gives me chills. And And honestly, like there's, so many things that I could kind of go off on with that whole specific realm of this position. But I think ultimately it comes down to being able to kind of be behind the scenes and be able to set goals and, and the, you know, goals for the strategic plan to be able to educate students on what advocacy is and and be able to distribute that information to students all around the nation and also be able to um, kind of learn all of the different things going on with House of Delegates and be able to talk to students about those things. So um, going forward, there's that connection um, to being part of something that's bigger than myself, I think, um, and recognizing that it's all a learning process. Like, learning that I I don't know everything because sometimes you want to, when you're in a leadership position, I think that it, you have this, this frame of thinking, Oh, well, I need to know everything, but really you don't, it's a huge learning experience. And I think that being able to recognize that, recognize that and humble yourself and say, you know what, like I have so much to learn, but I'm willing to soak it all in and take what I learn and be able to help other students learn that information. So there's so many, there's so many different avenues of why I love this position, but those are kind of ultimately what it breaks down to. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that was like a really long answer. No, that's, but it's perfect though, because you just went to death and I just got a little moved. I I felt chill, so it was good. (laughs) So what is your preference? Do you have a preference between advocating for the profession and policy? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, maybe to kind of go over maybe what the difference is. So, um, advocacy in this position is, Externally, So we're thinking about what we're doing right now here at Federal Advocacy Forum where we're going forth and we're talking to policymakers about the different things that are affecting our patients and our profession. But ultimately, it comes down to our patients Um, and being able to, you know, tell people about what we do or what we're capable of doing, I think, is advocacy. I mean, telling someone about physical therapy or telling someone about, you know, what struggles our patients have in accessing our care. So that's more of what advocacy is, um, that external portion. And then, um, thinking more about policy is more about like our internal, um, our internal policy making body within the APTA, which is house of delegates. So, you know, every, um, every year, um, right before the next conference, we have the house of delegates and this is where, um, all of the representatives, um, from each state come together to speak about, you know, all of the things that are going on internally. So what policies within the APTA or, you know, what things are going on currently do we need to focus on to move our profession forward? So, um, and House of Delegates is 
a monster in itself. So as, as an, as the SPT delegate, it's been, I've just been trying to soak in as much information as I can regarding the upcoming house of delegates. So being able to synthesize and understand all of the different motions coming forward, because, um, they are going to be getting, um, released here soon, the packet for house of delegates with all the motions. It's um, a lot. It's a lot. It's actually <laughs> it's a lot. I saw it. I went, Woo! <laughs> it's, it's the most that they've ever had in the history of house of delegates. So, Coming in knowing that is, one, overwhelming, but two, there's so much to learn. So um, I think that some of the motions, you know, the students have, you know, a, a voice or a place to say, hey, I have, I have a certain viewpoint on this. And honestly, I think, you know, if you have a viewpoint on some of the motions that are going forward, I want to hear about it because I want to be that voice for the students at House of Delegates because they really value what we have to say. And so, um, I think if, if people can understand the difference in advocacy and policy, um, that's going to be just more than anyone knew, you know, prior to this, cause I think it comes, it sometimes gets a little confused, the two terms. So, but back to what the actual question was, is my preference. Um, I came into this position. Advocacy is kind of my baby at this point, but learning more and soaking in more information about the House of Delegates is, I'm really excited to experience it. I think that I might find um, another area of passion um, to to make change for the future of, you know, physical therapy. So there's two different ways that you can impact that. And, um, and I think being able to see both sides of that is really, really amazing. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, NetHealth. What do you hope to accomplish in 2018? I bet providing even better patient care and increasing revenue are top on the list. First, expand your visit capacity. Then get paid for your services, ramp up patient engagement, and eliminate worries about documentation and compliance. The good news is there's one solution that brings it all to the table. Redoc, powered by XFIT, is a cloud-based, fully integrated EMR and billing solution. Imagine PT billing, coding, compliance experts taking the back office work off your hands and reporting to you. Learn more about Redoc and complete revenue cycle management services at nethealth.com slash healthy. We're at the Federal Advocacy Forum right now, yeah. and we're talking about all these different federal bills. Which bill right now seems to stand out to you more right now, and why? Yeah, so coming into FAF, um, last year I had the opportunity to talk to my senator about the National Health Service Corps and why it would be important to put physical therapists um, on that on that list of providers to be able to apply for this National Health Service Corps. Um, and, tip, you know, what this is is where physical therapists will be on the, the list of providers to be able to go serve in those medically underserved areas. And I come from Kansas where some family friends drive 100 miles to go see a physical therapist. And, you know, not only are these patients a part of the older generation, they have to set up transportation. They have to, you know, drive that amount of time just to be able to access physical therapy. And I think that last year when I was able to speak on my experiences, that just like moved me with how much my Senator listened to my perspective on that. And then not only does it help our patients because they're able to access our care, but it also helps students or clinicians who 
are coming out of school with this large amount of debt. And to be able to have a little bit of loan forgiveness in this program, it's like, it's positive. It's win-wins for both our patients and the clinician. So I think that that's one of the bills that I was really passionate about coming into this. Um, but knowing that we might be going forth with a different bill this year, the PROSPER, or, you know, our opposition to the PROSPER Act, I think it kind of goes into that, that debt conversation again. Um, and recognizing that I come from a family where I was the first one to go to college in my family. And so, you know, knowing that students might have to actually have a cap of how much loans that they will be able to access, I think is really disheartening because I wouldn't be able to survive on that arbitrary cap that they're setting within the Prosper Act. So I think, you know, learning more about that here, because I came in not knowing too much about it, because I know that it's a very lengthy bill um, and, or, you know, an act right now, not a bill. But um, I think learning more about it today, I was like, oh, wow, like, I can't imagine having that up against me um, going into physical therapy school. So those two are one of the two, two legislative priorities that I'm really passionate about at this point as a student. So yeah. Thank you. So mm-hmm. for anyone who wants to get more involved, you yeah. know, it really comes to grassroots. Mm-hmm. So what grassroots activities would you recommend yeah. advocacy wise uh, for students to get more involved? Yeah. So, um, a large part of my position has been, um, being the SOBOD liaison to the professional advocacy project committee. And ultimately what this project committee is for is to help students plan national advocacy dinners. So this is just a grassroots, this is just another way, another way of dispersing information about advocacy. And last year it there was 26 national advocacy dinners. And this year we're on we're on the the route to having about 40. And I know that um, New York's student SIG has a large part of yeah, that number. Yeah, doing very well, and yeah. we still have more coming, which is great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So being able to be a part of that and um, help students to plan these national advocacy dinners to get that information out um, has been really neat to kind of be on the, the background of that um, and seeing how I can be of help to that uh, committee. So right now, that's been my most important part of grassroots at this point. Um, and it's been my most like involved area that I've, I've been able to um, directly impact, I guess, is what you could say. So um, that's like something that I think students, you can, you, you don't have to be in a leadership to plan a national advocacy dinner. And I think that that's the most important thing is you know, grab a bunch of students or, you know, clinicians. I think that we would like to see more clinicians become more involved in the national advocacy dinners because um, they can learn something as well. Because I think that this is an area where just if you can educate one more person, then you've done your job, right? So I think being able to educate students and clinicians is hopefully where this will, like, evolve to. I'm not sure if that's where it will go, but... um, one more person than the year before, I think is, is a win. Um, you know, and so, which I know that we've grown exponentially in national advocacy dinners. So that's, 
you know, that's maybe a shameless plug of mine. For, no, it's, you know, but this. It's, it's such an honorable plug because it really does make a difference and it, it makes a big impact on the profession because everybody is doing these advocacy dinners in different ways, whether it be a Facebook Live or creating posters individually where it says, I hashtag choose PT because, and then they write out their own thing mm-hmm. and take individual pictures. I mean, all these little things are wonderful stamps mm-hmm. that just can start lighting that little fire on that individual and going, huh. You know, and they may end up getting even more involved, which is a big deal. Yeah, I actually attended my first national advocacy dinner as a first-year student, and I was like, "What does this word advocacy even mean?" You know, right. you hear that so many times, and you're like, "It can mean a lot of things, and it can be a really, I, I guess that term can be overwhelming to some people." Yes, you know, because so many people say advocacy, and they're like, "Oh, that's kind of scary," you know, but. It doesn't have to be that scary. So I think that um, being able to attend one of those was really what got me interested in advocacy. Um, and then that following year, I went to another NAD and then FAF. So it's kind of, it gets your foot in the door. And then kind of once I've, you know, you hear that term, like once you drink the juice, like, you know, it's, you're, you're in, you're in um, for the long haul. And I think that um, it may not be everyone's passion, but at least understanding what's going on is is key to moving forward. So That's wonderful. So lastly, I would love for you to share grassroots, an activity that you specifically like doing. So outside of your position, mm-hmm. is it letter writing? Is it town hall meetings? Is it getting on the phone? Is it like, what, what do you specifically like to do grassroots wise? Yeah. So I'm actually really just active on the APTA action app. Um, and I utilize that to send emails to my it's so legislators great. and it's, the easiest way that you can um, just, it literally can be done in 30 seconds. And that's what the APT Action app is so amazing um, because it makes your life easier and you're still sending that email that, you know, we heard today in one of the sessions um, from Brad Fitch, you know, legislators do, um, they do respond to emails and they, they take what they get in their email seriously. So if, whether it's snail mail or whether it's email, those are the two avenues that they are really responsive to. So hearing that information, it's like, okay, like this is making a difference and it is really important to utilize the APTA action app. Um, and then when the Medicare therapy cap was all, when all of that was going on, I was calling actually mm-hmm. almost every day and talking to the staffers and saying, Hey, I need you to tell, you know, Senator Moran to support this. And they're like, he's on board. Like we're really pushing, you know, so to, to have that interaction with the staffers is also really empowering. Cause you're like, Oh, it's like, it's so easy to get a hold of them. Oh my gosh. It's very it's, accessible. It's so accessible. Mm-hmm. It, it actually shocked me how accessible they were when mm-hmm. I made my first phone call because I just, I, I was in there, you know, preparing myself going, okay, you know, I had a script, you know, and, and I actually recorded myself doing it on video it was so funny because you could see how awkward I was. But it, but then in retrospect, it would took me seconds. Mm-hmm. And they were friendly. They wouldn't know if I was reading off something or if yeah. I was just speaking off the top of my head. Yeah. And it was and and I I got that little check mark for them to make to go. Oh, look, yet another person has contacted us about the same issue. Yeah. 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 And I think the good thing about that too is like the. The APT Action app also gives you a script to say over the phone. Oh, yeah, they and make it even easier for you. Uh-huh. You know, you don't even have to think about it, but you can make it more personal, and that's one of the things that we heard today at 
you know, some, one of the sessions is, you know, bring, bring a personal story because that will, that will, you know, just resonate deep within these people. So I think, you know, being able to make it personable, but also, you know, have the facts laid out is something the APT Action App does, but you get to bring that personable vibe to the phone call conversation. So, you know, however you can make it the easiest on yourself, I think that that's, and you're still making a difference is awesome. So those are the two ways that I, I enjoy doing grassroots um, you're, you're activity. Awesome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for being on here. For those listeners, if you want to connect with Lindsay, you can just go onto APTA.org and you can just search her name or you can just even Google her, her and uh, find her very easily in email. And it's great. And then you connect and you can be led in a direction to get more involved. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you. Thanks to Jenna and Lindsay for a great interview on being an advocate as a student. And of course, thank you to our sponsor for today's episode, Net Health. So again, NetHealth is Redoc powered by XFit, which is a cloud-based, fully integrated EMR and billing solution. Plus, you can opt in to completely outsource billing services. That's the best way to optimize revenue. So imagine your billing, your coding, your compliance, all of that being taken over by experts. They're taking the back office work off your hands and reporting to you. To learn more about Redoc and the complete revenue cycle management services, check them out at nethealth.com slash healthy. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com and don't forget to follow us on social media.